Good morning, good afternoon, wherever it is and whatever time you're listening to this. You're listening to the first ever episode of Finish It, the Miami Dolphins unofficially official podcast with me, your host. So without any further ado, football season is finally back. The Dolphins finally took the field and we're going to discuss it play by play by play to watch and figure out what actually happened, where Miami goes from here, and what the rest of our season is looking like. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Going into the first half, Miami, we didn't come out of the locker room like we said we wouldn't. Good for us. If you haven't seen that video that they posted on their social media, it's about a two, two and a half minute video. It's really well done. It's really, 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 really well good video. Well good? We're doing it live. Who cares? (laughs) But looking at it at the first half, Miami versus New England, we looked really slow and out of sync on offense. We really did. You know, we couldn't get a couple of plays together. We couldn't string them together in order to really build momentum that our defense constantly kept winning for us. Our defense constantly kept coming up with pretty big stops. It took us about two two or three drives on that defensive end to really start to get it together. Christian Wilkins, huge game. One sack, two tackles for loss, two pass defense. Jerome Baker, once again, another big day for him. He looked like he was all over the place. Caused that fumble very late in the game in the third quarter to once again swing momentum. Our defense kept doing all of the right things. However, our offense could not get it together three interceptions on the day from Fitzpatrick you know no matter how many times your defense bails you out it's hard to overcome you know that three interception game the defense we couldn't stop the run very early on struggling to win the game at the line of scrimmage I want to say that New England called I want to say 80 to 85 percent of their plays in either was play action or a run play So Miami, quite frankly, just got ran out of the gym. Okay, we just got ran out of the gym. And really the big kicker was our defense, we played well, you know, after about the first quarter. We really got it together. However, the problem was we couldn't get off of the field. The time of possession, New England killed us. And I mean killed us in time of possession. Destroyed us. In the third quarter, we ran about, I want to say, six plays. That was it. We ran six plays in the entire third quarter. New England had the ball for 12 and a half minutes. We had the ball for two and a half. No matter how much talent you have on the other side, it's impossible to win the game when you cannot be on the field for that long. Okay. Do we have a talented offense? Yes. Do we have a talented defense? Yes. Can we win football games with a combined total of eight and a half minutes of time of possession in the entire second half out of 30? No. Okay. We're not going to win football games that way. We did look kind of sloppy on both sides of the ball, but as the game went together and as the game continued, we really looked like we were going to pull this together. We looked like we were coming together as a unit. The defense looked solid after Flores' halftime speech. Took control of the run game. Major emphasis on the key was to just stop the run. And we struggled with that 
but hey, um, we 100% got better and we 100% progressed as the game went on. However, the two minutes before the end of the first half, our offense looked really good. However, it was slowed down with a holding penalty from Trey Flowers. Grant had a huge play on third down where he bounced off, I want to say, about two guys. Looked like he was a pinball out there. Bing, 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 bing. And then made the first down. Then the pick by Fitzpatrick. You know, it's just a great drive together. Miles Gaskin looked incredible that game. You know, but we just, that was just the motif of the day. We just constantly found ourselves shooting ourselves on the foot, killing any momentum that we got. My question is, is it sloppy because of the fact that we haven't had preseason? That's what my question is. Two sacks, or we had three sacks in the game, excuse me. Two by Wilkins. He had two pass knocks downs as well. He looked really good. Baker also played an amazing game. We looked decent. We just kept shooting ourselves in the foot. Um, you know, key takeaways from the first half. The defense came alive as the game went on. Really coming up on some big plays to swing momentum for us. The secondary had a few hiccups, but a pretty solid group. At the end of the first half, our secondary only held New England to 72 yards in the air. They came out running the ball. We knew what they were going to do, and they ran the ball. They just ran it with Cam Newton. Um, our defense, however, did hold New England to zero points off of the two turnovers that we had in the first half. So that's pretty solid. Um, they did have communication as a unit. And it's weird, too, because we see that New England kind of went under a total change of philosophy as a football team. And here's what I mean. They're not a rebuild at all. They're still very much a powerhouse football team. But now the emphasis that was put on the New England Patriots was the read option, zone runs, shotgun play actions. It was a very different New England offense that we haven't seen in, well, forever. Um, because, you know, Tom Brady's been there for God knows how long. But it's really interesting to watch that, how New England is still going to be New England. Um, they just ran that ball. Right. They there wasn't a lot of emphasis on the pass game from them, but the plays that they did connect on were a lot of streaks and posts across the middle. You know, there wasn't really anything to the outside. Even the runs weren't really anything to the outside. They just hard nose, put your face down, go out there and grind it out. It was a very interesting New England team to watch. However, Miami, too, did nothing with their momentum on offense. It's going to be a big, weak spot. Okay, the yards were good, but those turnovers, <clears throat> excuse me, those turnovers are just going to haunt us. Okay, those turnovers are absolutely going to kill us every single time. Uh, my question for the night, too, where the hell was Vanoy? Okay, where was Vanoy? I think I heard his name called once for a tackle, but the main takeaway um, for me, this entire game was the fact that Miami was competing, okay? Miami was competing. That's the main takeaway. When you really look at it, um, you know, New England ran play action or, or a run play on about 80 to 85% of their plays. Um, they've really run no risky plays whatsoever, and it's that's that's a hard football to kind of stop, you know? 
Um, the best way I can really sum that up is it was kind of like a fuck you kind of football, which was, hey, we have the six foot five quarterback. We're going to run the ball. Try and stop us. OK, and a lot in Miami just couldn't Miami just could not do it. Um, you know, New England just controlled time of possession. <clears throat> they made no risky plays whatsoever and really just dominated up front. Um, you know, but really, when you look at it for Miami, they held New England. They actually scored 269 yards in New England against the former number one defense in the league. OK, it's a sloppy game. It was a rough game. It's not the result that we wanted, but it was a very good team effort. This team is 100% headed into the right direction. There's no doubt about it. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk about, is it time for Tua yet? Miami fans, do not panic. Oh, my God. All right, and we're back. Now, for you, I was a two, three-second pause. For me, it was more about 15 minutes. Okay, We're not going to get into that, but... Is it time for Tua? I'm going to answer that very, very ridiculous question with a simple answer. No. Okay. It is not time for Tua yet. And I feel like we always run into this first week of the season. You know, you see somebody go off for an exuberant amount of yards, right? They put up an exuberant amount of plays. Oh, my God, he's the greatest. Oh, my God, he's going to be the GOAT. Everybody needs to calm down, okay? It is not time for Tua Tagovailoa to be in the spotlight yet, okay? And that's the thing with us. And I feel like, you know, everybody that's been with us for the Dolphins for at least these last two seasons, they know what has been going on, okay? It's been a rebuild. It's going to be continued. I don't know what's going on with the throat there today. Um, we're just not going to talk about that, but it's, it's, it's a rebuild. Okay. And everybody knows every free agent that we signed, every player that we've drafted, we've put it in the media so many times that we are in the process of a complete rebuild, complete overhaul. Okay. Why are we trying to rush? Why are we trying to rush? Okay. Don't put more pressure on Tua that does not need to be there, okay? Give him time. Give him time to figure out the playbook. Give him time to figure out not only the playbook, but how they call plays in the NFL. What the schedule is like in the NFL. What the timing is going to be like. That doesn't happen overnight, okay? It's not a game of Madden where you find out the kid's 83 overall and he can just come in and just start chucking the ball. That's not how that works, okay? We, I don't want to quote Philadelphia because I hate Philadelphia sports. No offense, Philadelphia sports, but you guys are very obnoxious. We, we do have to trust the process here, though, okay? I cannot believe that those words just came out of my mouth. But we do have to trust the process, and here's what I mean by that. We've got the talent on both sides of the ball, right? On the offensive side. We've got Parker, we've got Brito, we've got Howard, we've got Gaskin, we've got Gasicki, we've got Preston Williams, right? We've got a lot of young talent on that side of the ball. Even our offensive line, right? Just a lot of talent. 
Our defense, same exact thing. A lot, a lot, a lot of talent. People that I thought we were going to keep around for a very long time, like Raquan McMillan, been shipped out. Why? Because it's that next man up mentality that Flores loves to preach. And that's great, okay? And that's the main takeaway that I really got from yesterday's, or from Sunday's game, excuse me, was the fact that Miami was competing. Miami competed for the first time, and I can't tell you how long they actually competed. No, it is not time for Tua yet. Why? The, the forest is not on fire, okay? We do not need to bring out the fire hose and the fire truck for a tiny little match, okay? Everybody relax, everybody calm down, because I feel like we do this all the time in Miami. We get so impatient here in Miami, right? I mean, you look at you know, we all of the greats that we've had in this organization, Mark Duper, Larry Zonka, Paul Warfield, Dan Marino, obviously. You know, even back to when I was growing up and I was watching this Dolphins team, we had the likes of Chris Chambers, Randy McMichael, right? Ronnie Brown, Ricky Williams, Ricky Williams. Jeez, why is that so hard for me to say? Right? Those were the people that we that I grew up with. Okay. Even sometimes the likes of Sean Smith, you know, Vontae Davis, you know, Jeremiah Bell, Junior Seau when we had him for a little bit, Zach Thomas, Jason Taylor, right? We got so impatient. And I think the best that we ever did was, quite frankly, like what? Nine and seven, 11 and five? 11 and five, I think, was the best season that we've had in like the last 15, 20 years. But. That's the thing is I feel like here in Miami, we get so impatient and we want those results right now, right now, right now, right now. But look, man, we've got time to build something amazing here. Okay. And something incredible is being built here in Miami. Okay. Something incredible is being built here in Miami. And the thing with everybody that's getting so pissed off and getting so frustrated, first of all, it's week one. Relax. Okay, it's the first week of the season. And like I said before, everybody knew what this was going into it. Okay, this was a complete, total rebuild and a complete and total overhaul, not only of the front office, but of the entire roster. It's been a, it, it's been a complete shakedown, okay, over the last two to three years. Look at the roster that we had opening day three years ago and look at what it is now. It's You can't even recognize half of those people, okay? And that's the thing, right? It's been a complete overhaul been a complete shakedown it's been a complete turnaround we've got time to build something great here and the thing is is all of the people that are getting pissed off getting so pissed oh but miami's supposed to fight for a wild card spot says who okay says who the people that are gonna put these lofty expectations on this super young team first of all i appreciate your optimism i really do okay i appreciate your optimism but that's not how that's going to go, okay? Putting those lofty expectations is only going to disappoint one person, and that's the person that's putting those expectations on, right? If you look at NFL.com, you look at all of these analysts, all of these wonderful, wonderful websites, right? I say wonderful loosely, but when you look at it, Miami's still projected to get the number two pick in the draft, Okay. We're projected to go number two in the draft this year. Like I said before, the only people that are putting on those lofty expectations. First of all, I want to have a conversation with you. 
because I appreciate your optimism and I need that kind of positive energy in my life. But with that being said, Miami, we're headed in the right direction. The train is headed in the right direction. You just have to hop on, hold on to your ticket, and cash it in once we finally get there. Okay? Because this dominant franchise, <clears throat> this dominant, dominant, you know, legacy that we're trying to build here, this dynasty that Miami's really trying to go for is not going to happen overnight. We have the right pieces in place. We're still one or two major pieces away. But with that being said, that's going to come in time. Okay, these players are going to get better. They're going to get older. And by once they get older, they're going to get better. They're going to get more experienced. They're going to get more seasoned. Everybody, myself included, we always get so lost in this grand delusion, this Emerald City kind of a thing of like, oh, this kid's 25 and he's going to do amazing things as opposed to the guy who's only 28 years old. And oh, but he's kind of washed. He's 28. He's only three years older. What? If you look at Tom Brady, people are playing this game till they're like damn near 50. Okay. Like that's the thing is we have the tools. We have the right people, right? We've got the great front office. We've got the great coaching staff, right? We've got the piece. I mean, for, for like, for God's sake, there's a reason why we kept Ryan Fitzpatrick and not Josh Rosen to start teaching Tua Tagovailoa. Okay. Because once again, that veteran leadership, that veteran mentorship is going to come honestly in better pieces throughout the season rather than just chucking the kid out there. He ruins his morale. He ruins his confidence and he never wants to play a down for the Miami foot for like for like the Miami Dolphins again. Okay. I'm having a hard time talking today. It's very early on this wonderful Wednesday morning. But with that being said, nobody panic. It is not time for Tua yet. Everybody calm down. Okay. Coming up once again after the break, I'm going to give you my breakdown for what I feel is going to happen in the game against Buffalo and catch you on the flip side. So what do I expect in week two, Miami Dolphins <clears throat> against Buffalo Bills? I ha- I'm terribly sorry for what's been going on with all the clearing of the throat. I have no idea what's gotten into me today. I don't know what's going on. But <clears throat> what do I expect for week two, Miami versus Buffalo? Um, My honest answer, I expect Miami to lose, but I expect us to put up a fight. It's an AFC East division rival. Miami always brings it whenever we play Buffalo. We bring it whenever we play Buffalo. Okay. On paper, I do think that that Buffalo offense is really, really, really good. Josh Allen, Devin Singletary, who went to my alma mater. Go Owls, by the way. You know, they've made some really good offseason additions with Steven, with Stefan Diggs. Excuse me, not Steven Diggs. Stefan Diggs. Right, that is a good team on paper. One hundred. Cole Beasley's still there, still rocking it. It's a great team. On the other side of the ball, that defense is looking really good. Right, Tre'Davious White back there in the secondary, just chilling. Micah Hyde back there as well. That's a very scary team. Um, I do honesty, like honestly, honestly believe that Buffalo 
is going to win the AFC East title this year. I do. That is my hot take. But I expect Miami the same exact way that we did here against New England. Miami, I expect to come out and compete and com- and, and fight the exact way that we did. Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be the starter week two. Duh. Right? That's not a shocker. Duh. Because once again, Tua is not ready. But once Tua is ready, boy, let me tell you, I will be the hypest person in the entire state of Florida. I'm going to tell you that right now. But, you know, we've been waiting on Tua for two years now. So I do expect Miami to lose this game against Buffalo. However, I do expect a really strong fight from Miami, both offensively and defensively. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with Devontae Parker. You know, nursing that hamstring injury. That's why he really didn't play the entire fourth quarter of the New England game. So it's going to be interesting to see how they approach that. Maybe some undrafted rookies or might get a call up. Who knows? Maybe we might be more reliant on the run game. I would expect that out of Miami, given the three-headed monster that apparently we have with Jordan Howard, Matt Breida, Miles Gaskin in the back. Miami really accidentally kind of developed this three-headed monster of a running back trio. So that's going to be really interesting to watch this upcoming Sunday when we play Buffalo. Because if Devontae Parker's out, there's going to be a lot more heavy emphasis on that run game by Miami. And that'd be interesting to watch. It'd be very interesting to watch. On the defensive side of the ball, the same exact people that we had step up last week have to step up again this week. Christian Wilkins, Jerome Baker, we got to step up, got to keep that momentum going. However, my question is, Kyle Van Noy, we need you to do something this game, okay? No, this isn't a we need to win this game, right? Because like I said, Miami's honestly in the best position right now because the best asset that Miami has, not all of our draft picks, not our very young core of budding superstars and stars, The best asset that Miami has right now is time, 100%. There's no pressure and really no incentive for Miami to win football games right now, except for the fact of, hey, we're going to continue to boost morale and show that we're going in the right direction. Miami is going to win football games, people, okay? It's not like Miami is the 2007-2008 Detroit Lions, okay? There's not a lot of pressure for Miami to win football games. With that being said, Miami will win football games. And Miami will stay competitive in these exact same football games. Right? But the best asset that Miami has, the best asset, not our draft picks. Not Tua. Not Devontae Parker. Not our really strong secondary and our really strong offseason that we had. Which, by the way, incredible fucking offseason that we just had. The best asset that Miami has is time. Time for these guys to build chemistry together, to get better together, get these young core of superstars together, get them more acclimated to the NFL systems, get them more acclimated to the NFL lifestyle. It's the best asset that Miami has right now is time. So my predictions for week two against Buffalo I expect Miami to go out there. I do expect Miami to compete. However, I don't expect Miami to win this football game. The final score that I'm going to say 
is it's going to be Buffalo 28, Miami 17. That's the score that I'm going to go with. Um, hopefully I'm wrong. <laughs> and Miami wins this football game against Buffalo. You know, that would be incredible to watch. But with that being said, my name is Tyler. This has been the first episode of the Finisher Podcast. I thank you so much for tuning on in. I once again apologize for the throat thing issue that we've had going on. It's first episode, right? We got to work out some kinks. So tune in next week, same time, same place, so we can discuss what happens here coming up week two against the Buffalo Bills.